Tonight's Bible reading is from Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29, and it's called The Wise and Foolish Builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Evening, everybody. That's all right, Scott. Yep, good. What I forgot to do last week, um, if you were here last week, we spoke about the ascension of Christ. Remember that? And what it meant? And I gave a challenge at the end. What I should have said was that for those of you who took the challenge seriously, and I'm sure it was all of you, that we'd have an opportunity to actually say, okay, well, who actually experienced that amazing privilege of just sharing a brief word of testimony or something to do with your faith, um, that God just arranged that appointment for you? Did anyone, and I haven't asked anybody, so I'm just going to throw it out there. If nobody puts their hand up, that's all right. It might happen this week. But uh, anybody, just, just put a hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to come out the front if you don't want to. Thank you. I can see one. Anyone else? I can see, I thought I saw a hand at the back. Two, yep. Isn't that exciting? Three, yeah, just saw a little wave. Fantastic. Thank, and another one. Thank you very much. That's exciting, isn't it? Nothing special, but it is special, I suppose, because you're getting to share the greatest story that the world could ever hear about Jesus. That's just what Terry's been talking about tonight. And um, oh, I'll probably be a bit naughty if I asked. All right, I'm going to ask this. If someone is just bursting to come up and in a minute, just say one minute or even a sentence to share something of what Jesus, how Jesus used you, here's the opportunity right now. Won't prolong it. I'm, t- I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but if you'd like to, anybody? And that's it. No, that's good. Thank you very much. That's all right. That's all right. But listen, let me just tell you, if you're a little bit nervous, you're not quite sure how you'd go, we've actually got some tracks there on the, on the bench over here on the right, on your left. So when you go out, take one. All right, look at it, and it'll be a little tool that you can use to just uh, help you to evangelise, just to share something with your friends. Sit down over lunch or whatever and say, hey, I want you to read through this with me. All right? It's easy to do. It's exciting to do. Did it happen to me? Yes, it did happen to me this week. I asked God if I could give away that little green uh, Friends of Gideon little booklet, Bible, New Testament, and uh, God arranged that as well. So he does do that. Yeah, you say, well, you're a pastor. Well, that's okay. God does some great things. Hey, why don't we pray? And then we're going to look at his word tonight. Father, I thank you for the opportunities. There were a number of hands that went up and uh, there are others, Lord, who are just saying, I'm willing. And Lord, that's fantastic. 
The fact that we're saying, Lord, I'm here and I'm willing to be used of you in any way, shape or form that you choose is a wonderful thing. Even though it may not have happened and that they sat down with someone and shared their faith, some have done that. Bless you for that, Lord. But for those who have simply said, Lord, I'm willing for that to happen, you'll bless them too. So thank you for that great opportunity this last week that you did, that you arranged those divine appointments. And we pray that you'll do it again this week in ways that just simply use us as we are, Lord. We're not necessarily preachers and theologians, but just use us simply as we are. Use our personalities, use our own styles. No one else's, just ours. And that's how you want to use us as individuals. So we thank you and we bless you for that. Lord, will you please just open our eyes now to your word that we might hear what you're saying to us as we look at this amazing parable that you shared with your believers, with your disciples and with your followers those many years ago. Lord, that's relevant for us today. Please help us to see that and help us to know how that applies to us. And we ask this now in Jesus' name precious name amen um, there was a uh, a headline in the Townsville bulletin March the 7th 2018 and it read like this North Queensland faces the possibility of two cyclones forming in coming week as some areas get a drenching and it goes on and it says this is March the 7th goes on and says, parts of the North Queensland have been hit by more than 300 millimetres of rain in less than 24 hours, as the Bureau of Meteorology uh, confirms it is still monitoring, monitoring two potential cyclones, one of which could possibly form over the weekend. And uh, I can't remember if that actually happened. I think there was something that did take place. Cyclone Iris... Um, I think when I was putting this message together, it was still hanging around up there, wasn't sure what it was going to do, whether it was going to form up into another big cyclone and sort of cross the coast or what it was doing, kind of hovering around, people are nervous and so on. And you can understand that they would be. They've certainly had a big wet up there, haven't they? Um, and, you know, and our hearts certainly go out and our prayers go out to, to those up there who have lost their homes, lost possessions, lost their, their businesses and so on. Um, I'm not aware of any lives that were lost as a result of this, these recent floods. I don't know if there were. I don't, I'm not aware of any. Unlike the 2011 floods, which uh, for many is still a very vivid and painful memory. Um, Wikipedia, Wikipedia article it says this about that. Um, as of the 28th of January 2011, 35 deaths have been attributed to the floods. 21 of which are from the Toowoomba and the Lockyer Valley area. Additionally, nine people were listed as missing, three of whom were later officially declared dead. So I, from what I understand, there's still people that have not been found from that. After the catastrophic flood, which flash flood, which struck Toowoomba, Lockyer Valley, Brisbane and Ipswich. And I can remember, I'm sure you can too, that, those, that, that uh, horrific news footage, that graphic sort of uh, footage back then. Um, it was horrifying and it was so desperately sad for so many people. Houses and cars just floating down in these swollen rivers, um, so, destroyed, but, but floating in torrents of water. You can imagine the power of the water to lift a house off its foundation and just float it down the stream. We've seen images of that sort of stuff happening. You know... It seems to me that the Lord Jesus spoke about something or similar type of events 
And he used those events to, to, to teach his followers in the parable about the wise and the foolish builders. In this particular parable, which happens to be the conclusion of all the teaching that Jesus has given in his Sermon on the Mount, when he teaches that magnificent sermon to all those people, um, so he, he, this is the conclusion, this, this uh, parable is the conclusion to that Sermon on the Mount in the last two chapters, the previous two chapters uh, of Matthew. And the Lord Jesus is saying that there are, in this parable, he's really saying there's two kinds of people in the world in relation to this parable. He's saying that those who, who, who hear his words and choose to put them into practice, and then there are those who do hear his words or when they hear his words they choose not to put them into practice i can remember a few years ago now uh, listening to a particular uh, broadcast from 96.5 it was a devotional spot and it must have been somewhere towards the new year because i talked about new year resolutions and so on Um, and it made me think as I listen to this particular devotional spot, that there really are those who are serious uh, about making changes and improvements in their lives. Therefore, as this devotional was, was, was saying, uh, they won't just make New Year's resolutions for their lives, but they will in fact make New Year's renovations, renovations to their lives. I thought, well, that's a pretty good play on words, and I know what, he, what he's meaning. The difference between resolutions and renovations. And the difference is that with the one, people may hear about a great idea to improve their lives and even talk about it to their family and friends. It's an exciting idea and, and they write it out and you know, they might even put it on Facebook and, you know, and they might put it on the fridge door on the bedroom wall or something like that and it becomes their New Year's resolution. With the others, however, when they hear about this great idea that they know is needed in their lives, they simply go out and they do it. They just do it. They don't talk about it and put it on the fridge and write about it and so on. And they just go and do it. They are the renovators because they actually put words into action. It's a bit like when Mark Twain encountered a ruthless businessman from Boston during his travels. And this uh, ruthless businessman apparently boasted that, uh, that nobody ever got in his way once he determined to do something. And he said, before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. He said, I'm going to climb Mount Sinai. And when I'm up there, I'm going to read the Ten Commandments aloud at the top of my voice. Unimpressed, Mark Twain responded, I've got a better idea. Stay in Boston and keep them. Yeah. Don't just talk about the Ten Commandments, put them into practice. Don't just talk about the Word of God, do it. Yeah. The message is simply this. That there is a big difference between the hearers and the doers. Between the resolutioners, if you like, and the renovators. The Apostle James was one who had quite a bit to say on this particular issue. And he says this, James 1, 22, 25. 
He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Isn't that wonderful? Do you want to know what freedom is? Do you know where you find real freedom? It's by keeping God's word. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And the Apostle John picks up the same theme. In his first epistle, he says this, 1 John 2, verses 3 and 5, 3 to 5. We know that we have come to know him, Jesus, if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But anyone who obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. So can you see what John is talking about here? James too, in many ways. John, he's, he's really saying that those who, who, who really know Christ, those who know Jesus and Jesus who knows them, are the ones who not only hear, but they do. They obey his commands. John 14, 21 as well speaks about that. This is also what the Lord was was, was clearly speaking to Joshua about. When he said to him in Joshua chapter 1, 7 to 8, he said, be strong and very courageous. Then he says this, be careful to obey all the law. My servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And you see, there's the difference, isn't it? The person who who truly knows the Lord will be careful to obey all the law. I believe that. When you love the Lord, you want to keep his law. The Holy Spirit gives you that longing. That's what Philippians 2.13 talks about. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He gives you that longing to want to obey. It doesn't mean we keep it perfectly. No. But God's Spirit gives you that longing to want to please the Lord, to honour him. So those who really love the Lord, who truly know him, they will be careful. I'm not saying perfectly, but they'll be careful to want to obey his law. They'll also be careful to do everything written in it. Verse 8 in Joshua 1. They are the wise builders. They're the wise builders. So what about all those people who do hear, or when they do hear what the Lord Jesus says, but never do anything about it. Are there such people like that, really? 
People who, who hear what Jesus is saying, clear as a bell, they hear him. They just walk out and they don't do anything about it. Incredibly and, and tragically, Sunday after Sunday, folks like that can be found sitting in churches all over the world. They'll sing the songs that speak about faith, pray the prayers. They'll listen to the sermon, even reading the Bible for themselves. And on the surface, they appear to be like any other Christian. Um, and then there are some who are just so entangled in procrastination. I think that's, a, I think that's one of Satan's strategies. He might not necessarily say, don't ever do that. No, don't commit your life to Christ. He probably won't say it quite as blunt as that. But what he will say is, just look, just, just think about that a bit more. Just kind of play on that. You don't make a hasty decision. Just think that through a little bit. Don't be in a hurry. Don't get fanatical. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that with talk about houses for a minute it's interesting that with most houses that the foundations of that house are hidden beneath the surface and so it is with the foundations of our lives generally they are hidden beneath the surface so if you want to see the foundation well as the lord jesus himself sees you would discover that these ones who hear but never do They've foolishly laid the foundations of their lives on the sands of things like popular culture. Rather than, rather than building on the rock, they're, they're laying their foundation on things like that. Popular culture and th things like uh, trendy opinions and world views, other philosophies. For although they hear these words of mine, says Jesus, yet time after time they never commit to it. Or apply it to their lives and then tragically when not if when the storms of life come it exposes the actual foundations that they've chosen to build their lives on and clearly as Jesus speaks about in this parable it will not stand on the sand but it will fall as Jesus warns with a great crash But on the rock, on the rock, it did not fall. It will not fall. I love what Isaiah says, 44 verse 8. He says, is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock, he says. I know not one. So God speaking through his prophet, is there any other God besides me? No. There is no other rock. Reminds me of that song. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is? Yeah, sinking sand. There's only one rock to build your house on. Only one rock that will sustain you and keep you, that you can trust, that will never crack, that will never fall away, never crumble. Sand does. Rock doesn't. Not this rock. 
So what about the person, for example, who goes through a severe time of testing? What about that person? You might be here tonight. I know there are. We're here tonight. Who goes through a severe time of testing. They go through a storm in their lives where they do feel broken, and they are broken, where they're bruised spiritually, emotionally, maybe even been physically bruised, abused. And as they're going through that, God just seems to be so far away. And not only does God seem so far away, he's silent. He's not saying anything to me. And they simply don't feel or believe that they're coping at all very well. So does that mean that that person then, that they've been a foolish builder and have built their lives on the sand, does it mean that necessarily for that person? The answer is no. No, not at all. It doesn't necessarily mean that at all. Take, for example, just keep that one off for a minute, mate. Thanks. Bless you. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that at all. The Apostle Paul, for example, he was one who went through many storms in his life where he was battered and bruised in every way, physically as well. But what would you say Paul's foundation was? Let me read something about Paul's testimony here he gives a little bit of it here in 2 Corinthians 11 24 to 27 he says this five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one three times I was beaten with rods once I was pelted with stones three times I was shipwrecked I spent a night and a day in the open sea I have been constantly on the move I have been in danger from rivers in danger from bandits in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled and have gone often, often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Paul's foundation uh, becomes very obvious still when he says these words in the fourth chapter of second corinthians he says this but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from god and not from us we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. There's the difference. Struck down, but not destroyed. And during those floods that we talked about and the ones back in 2011, many homes were struck down, but not destroyed. I don't know why that necessarily is, but there you go. But you see, the storms in our lives come. And when they come, the streams will rise. That's a certainty. And what foundation you've chosen to build your life on will become painfully obvious. That's also a certainty. And the Lord Jesus explains this well in this parable tonight. Listen to these words again. Verse 26, 27 of Matthew 7. But everyone... 
who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. But the encouraging news that fills us with great hope, even tonight, is this. That when you follow the plan of the master builder, when you follow the plan of the architect of your life and the one who knows how to renovate your life, you will not crash. You may be struck down, possibly, but not destroyed. When the storms come against you, why is that? Because your foundation is on the rock. There's a little advert getting around at the moment. I fell down and got up. How does it go? It's a song, isn't it? I don't know if it's a real brilliant song. I, I got knocked down and I got up again. Yeah, it's a band-aid advert. There you go. Anyway. You get the point? <laughs> You're standing on rock. You'll get struck down, but you'll get up again. Jesus will make sure of that because Jesus also gives us that blessed assurance, that wonderful promise in this same parable. Listen to this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and here's the, here's the condition and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, just like it did with the one that was built on the sand. Same thing happened, but this one's different. Yet, it said, yet he says, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. What are your foundations tonight? What have you built your life on tonight? There's a very impressive photographic print. Josh, you can throw it up now, mate. Who's seen this? Very popular some time ago. I don't know whether it still is now, but um, it's an impressive print of this lighthouse being pounded by this huge wave. And it was a popular picture that no doubt a lot of people had on their, on their, you know, in their house somewhere on the wall. My brother-in-law was one of those people who had this beautiful big print and um, you might, or might, who's seen that? Have you seen the photo of this anywhere? It's a very impressive actual photo uh, that someone took. You can even YouTube it and I'll tell you the story about it. But the lighthouse keeper, you probably can't see him. Here's this dude standing at the door. Here's this way that's kind of halfway up the, the, the backside of that lighthouse. And he looks, kinda, he looks kind of quite relaxed during this huge storm. But apparently... He was, in fact, quite scared. He was frightened uh, and he was waiting to be rescued. And the very fact that he comes out and he appears there is that he hears the helicopter. And here's this dude taking a photograph of, the, of, the, of this wave hitting it, thinking this bloke inside is waiting to be rescued, think it's the rescued helicopter. So he opens the door to come out, just as this wave slams into the back of the lighthouse. And when he realises what's happened, he quickly goes back in and shuts the door. <laughs> Yeah. The interesting thing, though, is that he was frightened. Yep, he got whacked by this a massive wave. 
this huge storm, but he was safe and he was secure. Why? Could it have, could it have had something to do with what that foundation was of the lighthouse? How it was built? What it was built on? Could it have had something to do with that, you think? The last I heard, that particular lighthouse is still standing off the northwestern coast of France near Brittany. But what a different picture it would have been had the builders of that lighthouse chosen only to hear about how to build a lighthouse but then decided to go off and ignore the instruction that built it themselves the way they wanted to. Building on the rock is too much of a hassle. Hey, look, there's a nice piece of white sand here. It's under the shade, easy to build on the sand rather than having to go out in the ocean and do this stuff out in the rocks. Why don't we just do it here on the sand? A lot easier. Yeah, easy breezy sort of stuff. And you'd be right if you'd think that that uh, illustration is pretty dumb. It is dumb. But listen, it's also dumb when we hear what God says to us and choose not to put it into practice and apply it to your life. Listen again to how the Apostle Paul explains this. He says this in Philippians 4 and verse 9. He says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. People all over the world are looking for peace, true peace, real peace. You won't find it other than through the Prince of Peace. And you'll find it when you hear his word, not just to hear it, but to put it into practice. You see, God rewards obedience. He rewards obedience. And that's what it means to build your house on the rock. Because, you see, he rewards the doers of the word, not just the hearers and the talkers. We're told to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So my precious friends tonight, which of these two builders might you relate to more? And is it time for a true and life-transforming renovation to pl take place in your life? And see, that'll happen when you choose not just to hear what God says to you, but you actually say, God, show me how to put it into action. Help me, Lord, to put feet on those words that you've given me and make it work in my life. And the Lord will meet you and he will bless you and he will do that to you and for you. I've got a Bible at home. It's called the Serendipity Bible. A copy at home. And it offers some beautiful, helpful and reflective questions on all kinds of topics in the Bible. It's a great Bible study tool. And I've used a, I've used a series of questions um, that this particular Bible um, has. And I've made up this kind of a self marking kind of reflective quiz and I want to show it to you in a minute because I want us to be quiet and just I want you to look at the questions and I'll, I'll get them to put them up in a minute Josh in a minute 
Um, but I want you to look at them and I want you to, in your mind, in your heart before God, quietly do the tick and flick and say, yep, yes, Lord, that one applies to me. No, that one doesn't, but that one does. I want you to do that reflectively tonight. And if you would like to take a hard copy of it home, on the bench beside the tracks that will help you to share your faith, you'll find a hard copy of what you'll see up on the screen now. So please, there's enough for everybody. You can take one, take two. Now, just let me say this. There's no right or wrong answers here. And possibly there's more than one answer that you can do. Here it goes. Let's just do this quietly. I'll read it out and then you can have a look at it. Thanks, Josh. Put the first one up. Can you see all that? Can you see it? First question. If you could compare your spiritual foundation right now to a house, what would it be? The options here are shaky, brand new, slipping, solid, temporary, rebuilding. Let's do that mental tick and flick tonight. Just you and the Lord. Okay, next one. Number two. In the last year. Would you say that your spiritual foundation has gotten weaker or stronger? And the options are simply the weaker or stronger. You're not sure. Just do that mental, spiritual reflection on that question. Next one, number three. What kind of storm? Do you think claims the most spiritual casualties? What kind of storm do you think claims the most spiritual casualties? A. Intellectual doubts. B. Moral failures. C. Relational conflict. D. Personal crisis. E. Pain and suffering. Number four, it's only five. Number four, being totally honest, what is the foundation you depend on? My abilities, my resources, other people, faith in Christ. Number five, what can you do to more firmly establish your house upon the rock? What can you do to more firmly establish your house upon the rock? A. Study the Bible more. B. Pray for guidance. C. Remain open to the Holy Spirit. D. Be obedient to God's will. E. Focus on spiritual things. Let's just bow and pray. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you tonight for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his words because 
his words always know how to hit us, how to minister to us, how to heal, how to rebuke, how to correct, how to train us in righteousness. Your words are living and active. They're sharp than any two-edged sword. Your words are like no other words, Lord. You're You're the only one who has the words of eternal life. No one else does. And we thank you that you've shared that with us tonight. We thank you just for your word that speaks to us about the wise and foolish builder. We thank you that we want to be people tonight, Father, who don't just hear what you say, but we want to put it into action. And I just pray for all my precious brothers and sisters tonight that you will help each one of us to know how that works in each individual life that's here tonight. Many are doing that, Lord, but there may be some who aren't. And maybe tonight will be the time that they ask you to do a true reality uh, uh, um, renovation in their life. Maybe tonight's that night they need to say that, Lord. I want you to renovate my life. I want to become a doer of the word, not just a hearer. So, Father, we thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you for the way you minister to us. And we thank you by faith for how you will take us under your wing, as it were, and lead us. And walk alongside us uh, throughout the rest of this evening and into the new week that lies ahead. Some some going back to school, uni, teaching. Back amongst our peers again. May our light shine a little bit brighter than it has been in the past. And may we courageously give you permission to take us and use us to be that light of the world and to be that salt of the earth that you've called us to be. We be your witnesses, Lord. We give you our fears. We give you all of our inadequacies, our weaknesses. You know them all anyway, but we hand them over to you and we pray that you will help us to be more like Jesus, trusting him. And Lord, help us to be builders, builders on the rock and to be able to encourage those that we love to be likewise. And so we thank you again for our time together tonight in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Bless your church.